Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to Lady Audacity. It's Alex. And Amanda. And we are here post-Endgame being released. And yes. it's obviously, as I'm sure you've heard, <laughs> been a bit of a show. <laughs> We've had a week, needless <laughs> to say. <laughs> it's been a week. So to just start us off, because we're going to get into banana articles and this is directly related, a Dutch version of Endgame actually said the names of the royals who allegedly showed concern about Archie's skin tone. Right. Now, we do not clearly know how. Yeah, I have some thoughts, but, like, it's still the muddy, the the waters are very muddy here. Like, it's still very unclear how this even happened. And, like, calling it a translation error is not the most accurate wording. It's um, not actually, yeah, because the yeah. translation, the trans people who translated it from um, the English to Dutch have made it very, very clear that they translated exactly what was on paper and those names were on paper because as someone pointed out, like translation, the whole point is that you're able to do it correctly and you don't yeah. just, you know, take artistic you know, freedom with right. things. So it's kind of a lot to put it on these ladies when they did nothing wrong. Personally, I think maybe names were named in a previous copy yeah and they went through the legal of it all and was like actually we can't do that because omen has made it very clear the reason it was not it they were not named in the u.s and uk versions is because he wrote this in the uk and he had to follow uk laws which means the names cannot be named yeah so i think mm -hmm. and he said that like he's said multiple times and by the time this episode airs who knows where this conversation (laughs) will be but as of now he's saying that the version he signed off on had no names in it he says he's never submitted a draft that had names in it and from there things get so interesting because somehow this dutch translator thought the names 
yeah, thought that the names were supposed to be part of their draft. So I don't know who screwed the pooch on this one, but it sounds like somebody (laughs) involved with passing a manuscript to a translator fucked up. (laughs) Yes, majorly and got and decided to pass on the wrong transcript, not the one that was signed off on. (laughs) Okay. And in that, obviously, the names that were named was Charles and Kate. I think Charles was a little less shocking. Kate was very shocking for some people because I think a lot of people had their bets on Camila because Mm -hmm. she is someone who's been overheard talking about, oh, I hate woke culture. She's, yeah. And and all the times that the the royal family has been defended by people like Prince William, you know, you would think Kate would be a shoe and a a great person to have out there, like speaking on this, even gently, you know. Yes. But as the person that so many people tune in to see, if you're looking to denounce racism, hello, bring Kate in. But they and we've always wondered why they haven't. Okay. And maybe we partially have our answer why. Because in the specific Dutch translation, it says pretty much that once Megan found out about these conversations and who were involved, that that's when Kate and Megan stopped talking directly, which was in Mm. 2019. Mm. And I think we've always kind of wondered why Recollections May Vary was attached to her. um, And why there seemed to just be a very... A coldness okay. right but, <laughs> For her but, brief- but alex the question we need to be asking is why has megan never taken to kate that's oh, the real yes. question here <laughs> look who's doing the look who's doing it now yes okay speaking of so our bananas article and the banana woman of always yes. camila tomney wrote two articles for the telegraph one on the third and one on the fourth and it just so happens that both headlines blame the Sussex and or Megan. And the one we will be going over is why has Megan never really taken to Kate? Question mark. Uh. <laughs> and then the subtitle, which I think is very, very important because it mm-hmm. is the crux of the entire narrative for the UK British press and for the Royal since this has dropped has been, it's worse to be named racist than to be a racist. And the subtitle absolutely says, The Princess of Wales has been named by the BBC in a racism row, deepening the rift between the royal wives. I'm just saying. And Mm -hmm. I should note now, in a lot of the opinions you at least will be hearing from me, it is from the fact that not one person has denied they said it. Through the briefing, through an official statement, but especially through the briefing, no one has denied it. Rebecca English actually said through all of her asking, not once has anyone denied that the names that were named were not accurate. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> and that's very interesting because in the past, there have been, I-, I can think of two outright instances of the palace saying it was not, definitively was not Charles. There was an article, I think it was for Prince William's 40th birthday, if I'm remembering correctly, where yes. the the person writing it said, I've been told who the names were, like who the person was who expressed concerns, and it wasn't Charles. And at that time, I took that to mean, okay, it's William, because if it's also not William, and this article is about William, say it's not William. But, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so that just, it makes things more confusing. And the last time that Charles got named, I think it was in another royal courtier book basically yes um the palace straight up came out and said this is fiction this is not true so i'm i'm intrigued at what their response will be this time i think they're taking it slow and like omid writes in the book about how they're not very quick to react to things like this but and charles 
in his reaction so far, what I have noticed is he has not directly attacked Megan or Harry. There's, no. They're throwing out, maybe we'll do something legally, which personally, I don't believe they will. Because even if the onus of responsibility is on Omen, I personally think Omen would throw over who, whoever he needed to under the bus to prove that he was told this. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like, I'm a journalist, I'm being put on stand, I'm going to be honest about where I got this information. And I don't mm-hmm. think that Charles or the royal family want to risk people having to go on the stand for this. For sure. Um, and just on top of that, it's very contrast to what we're seeing from Kate's team. Because, mm. yes, I do think Megan has briefed since this has all happened. And I think it was to Victoria Ward for a December mm. 2nd article for The Telegraph. Because, yes, I think they sometimes briefed to Victoria Ward. Because she is one of the few royal rotor journalists that didn't get the pick on Megan. Okay? She just mm-hmm. kind of tells you what her sources are telling you. And in it, it says a source um, close to Megan says her team never gave Omen the lever- letter or no one from her team has even spoken to him about this book at all. Right. And that has been carried on in other UK press when talking about this. Right. So that happened December 2nd. And then suddenly Camila Tomney was out. Two yeah. articles in two days going yeah. in on Megan, obviously yeah. being briefed, I think, by Kensington Palace. It's just so crazy to me, too, because Harry and Megan have literally nothing to do with this book and they've been no. turned it's been turned into an opportunity to just bash them once again them. and and uh, the british press lives for this it's so clear um, but yeah they're, the they're fact- actually getting the money they missed from megan being gone right now they're seeing right. those once again and you this happens tell. like twice a year for them it's sad that in the mm-hmm. past two years it's happened right before kate's carol concert but <laughs> um the, 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 the tomany subtitle here the, the princess of wales being named has deepened the rift between the royal wives yes i feel like the royal wives like that rift is is already well established okay and it's, it's packed up bow tie everything it, <laughs> we it's get the it. actions that happened years ago at this point that made that happen not the fact that the public is now finding out about it you know i'm exactly. sure that i'm sure that both sides wish that this would just stop being newsworthy because whatever the yes. resolution i think they've all come to one privately Yes. You know, I think whether that is exactly. we're just not talking or we're at peace with it, whatever. I think the royals themselves yeah. are not taking any actions. They're not making any moves here. It's literally just a media kerfuffle at this point. Exactly. And I think for Megan and Harry, I can imagine, too, is they know that we still live in a world where it's worse to be called racist than to be a racist. So this really yeah. doesn't do anything for them. They made yeah. it clear they told their story and they want to move on. And through their actions, they have stuck to that. So yeah. I very much think and this is where I do feel bad for Omid because everyone thinks like he's all friendly with them, but I don't think he is. So he is out no. here on his own getting yeah. all of this shit piled onto him without being able to call Megan and I'm like, can you believe these people? Like, right. I don't just it's not the reality of what's going on here. If anything, mm-hmm. they're probably pissed at him, too, right now mm-hmm. because they didn't want to have to go through this again. Yeah. But to this article, and you see why they don't want to have to deal with this crap anymore. Because despite yeah. the article saying we're going to learn about why Megan didn't take to Kate, the first four or five paragraphs is just reasons why Kate did not take to Megan. Right. Like, plain and simple. Um, so the first that we get to <laughs> is an instant that Kate and William decidedly did not like Megan. Mm-hmm. And I just... You guys, we're going back to 2018, the Royal Forum, and I just think it really highlights how Megan 
could truly do nothing right. Could you read this passage for us, Amanda? Absolutely. So, quote, As Tina Brown later pointed out in her 2022 book, The Palace Papers, Megan fluently took up the majority of the airtime. Quote, with Blith Blith proprietorship, she deployed an issue that was not even on the foundation's docket, women's empowerment, then at its fervid height with the acceleration of the Me Too movement, she wrote. Quote, women don't need to find a voice. They have a voice. They need to be feel empowered to use it. Megan quotably exhorted as Harry looked on with awe and his brother and Kate stood by with expressionless irritation. The event was supposed to be about promoting better mental health. And here was the Duchess seemingly politicizing it. How dare she? How dare she? And truly, too, it's like, yes, this is an event about mental health. It's almost like talking about how women need to be heard. That's such a quotable moment. That is the single quote from Megan that I think Mm -hmm. I see the most. It's on stickers. It's on mugs. That's the point of these. That's the point of a summit like this is to speak your piece to get the quotable moment. Yeah, the sound bites. And what really is is they're pissed that they didn't get the sound bite. Megan stole that. She did, and I'm sure she didn't mean to. I truly do not remember. I don't remember (laughs) anything that Will and Kate said during this forum. To be quite honest with you, the only notable. Said was William yeah. being when they asked if it's hard to work with family, and William's right. like, Oh, can you can't and every, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's laughing. Awkward laughs. <laughs> but the rest of it, I remember all I remember about Kate speaking is that it was kind of word salad and the normal nothing burger that we're used to getting from her because she yes. does play ball with the idea that the royals are supposed to be apolitical, and it is a fundamental difference between the two couples. But yeah, thinking that that's a bad thing on Megan's part and like it just frustrates me so much because we're so willing yes. to to adhere to the way things have always been done and not ever admit that something needs to change um but yes. obviously it's it's Megan's fault for being quote unquote too political by saying that women women, women have a voice yes, which is right. not at all controversial well it's to the people not. reading the telegraph it might be but <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think it's interesting to me to the fact that they're saying that was political because she I mean, yeah, I get talking about me to move in a positive way is endorsing it. But all of this was social matters. Like this wasn't mm-hmm. political yet. Right, right. Or, you know, I think it even we can say is political now. So and they have they have no problem giving Kate credit for not even supporting the Me Too movement at the, um, what was it, the BAFTAs <laughs> that year? Which was the <laughs> real reason black belt. Yes, <laughs> a black belt. This is the real reason they were mad, which I can understand if it's true that Megan would get frustrated that yeah. because William and Kate didn't say something that she couldn't. Feminism, yeah. is, feminism is something that she is very passionate about. Yep. You're talking about mental health. Exposing a bunch of abusers is good for a woman's mental health. So it's truly yeah. just like... She could do nothing right. If anything, like out of the Royal Forum, I feel like the thing you could tack on to was that she asked Kate to borrow a lip gloss. Yeah. That's weird. Okay, talking about the Me Too movement is not, because again, I love Megan, but I'm sorry, boo-boo. Why are you asking to borrow someone's lip gloss that wouldn't even come out and greet you when you stop by to say hi? Like, yeah. This is not a sorority, ma'am. You need to understand. This is not again, a sorority. <laughs> and again, this is reasoning why the royals didn't take to Meghan, not the yes. other way around, which is such shady framing from Camilla. But she's such an unserious person. Can I please read the next section of this article? Yes, please. please <laughs> so read the next we're, still, we're still talking about the Royal Forum. So the Royal Forum, it took place in February, the end of February 2018. Um, and another reason that Meghan 
just wasn't up to snuff here. Quote, at the time, the beast from the east was sweeping through the UK, leading to freezing temperatures, heavy snow and heavy winds. This forum takes place inside, by the way. This is a this is an insert <laughs> from me. We are inside a building, to be clear. Um, quote, royal aides were therefore surprised to find Meghan had dressed in a summer dress for the summit, as Kate, who was seven months pregnant with Prince Louis at the time, opted for something rather more conservative. Oh, I, I couldn't nice. remember. I couldn't remember what Meghan wore to this summit, but when I saw the pictures, I laughed out loud. Because <laughs> Genuinely. this is not a... This is not a summer dress. It's it's a no. sleeveless dress. She's showing her arms. How dare she? And yeah, how da- that's the how dare she. And I think what's <sighs> funny about this is that they may be talking about the little V-neck because it's like a trouser wrap dress. It's Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate is now doing that. She is showing more clavicle now than right. Megan was then, but she has never once, never once been taunted with she's not dressing conservative enough. When she stepped out of that car and showed all that leg, it was exciting. It was not a bad thing. But Megan shows some arms and like a quarter of her clavicle, and it's like mm-hmm. she's not dressing appropriate. Well, I mean, her knees showing her knees. I was going to say her knees are covered, and Kate's aren't. Kate has a little three quarter boat neck, uh, probably Amelia Wickstead dress on, and you know she's got her baby bump and she's got her mom haircut, so she does look much more conservative um yes but it's this like it's almost a dog whistle for dog whistle uh, you know drawing this line between them or something in the Uh, other article it's it's been like a dog whistles it's racing because you guys reading in this one of the ones that we've talked about individually is one of the reasons that kate did not take to megan was because she heard that during a shooting weekend when everyone was talking about trump and the election for 2016 megan jumped in and was like no to Trump and this is why and she also shut down transphobic jokes and misogynistic jokes and this got back to Kate and William and they just did not like that about Megan which again I think shows yeah they just weren't ever going to mesh politically culture wise (laughs) the whole damn thing because on top of all of this going on in this article real quick outside of this Hmm. Mila Tomley has been on BBC Live talking about this and in it her excuse, she actually says this, you guys, and I will post the video. She says in all her time of being close to people in the palace and being close to people who were a part of these things that we're talking about, never mm-hmm. once has she heard a thing about racism. Yes, they were anti-American, which is really great <laughs> to say about the royals and the people who work for them that they're anti-American. Okay. Yeah. Xenophobia yeah. is okay. Um <clears throat> And that they were, and she has seen misogyny because Megan gets blamed for when Harry should also be blamed for things. And Which that, I do agree with. Exactly. And that's what's so sinister about it. I'm going to throw out one thing that's true, and I know we can all agree with, to seem like I'm not some, you know, POS. I could be feminist too. Yeah. But I'm going to then, re- and then I'm going to say that and then follow it up with, but none of it was racist. Right. She is the white woman. She has no idea what racism is. Yeah. She has no idea what it's like to experience it. And she's saying with her full chest, she experienced misogyny and she experienced xenophobia, but no way did she experience racism. And, that's and I get that. <laughs> I get that all the time in TikTok comments and DMs and people who think that it's a flex to say, I don't hate her because she's black. I don't hate her because she's mixed race. I hate her because she's American or an actress, which is, hey, we're bringing classism here. Um, uh, yes, literally. All of these things. And it's just, 
it's not the flex you think it is. It's not. <laughs> and I'm sorry. It's not possible to experience those things and not experience racism too when you're right. a person of color. Like that just, they, people just skip over that. Right. <laughs> gonna, they can give you misogyny and anti-Americanism and classism. They don't go, oh, but racism, that's just too far for me. Because right. no, it's just, that's not how it works. So yeah. It's really interesting what, again, I think is actually Kate, one of Kate, one of KP's mouthpiece are bringing us. It is not saying Kate did not do this. I can't believe anyone would push that narrative. It's I can't believe someone would say this. Yeah. And the cherry on top of the shit fest is at one point she really has the audacity to say that she is brief, that people were upset that Kate, that Megan would not introduce Doria to William and Kate. Mm-hmm. Mind you, at this point, she went to go meet them and William stood in the door frame, didn't let them in. And Kate sat in the backyard with her kids and didn't come in to say hi at all, but they're mm-hmm. expecting to meet her mother, which I'm mm-hmm. sure would have been something they just used against her in the press saying, Hey, we loved your mom. She's the real black one because that's what they love to kind of like Pretoria in that direction. Right. So it reads around the same time as the forum, Megan's mother, Doria Racklin, flew to London for her daughter's baptism and other wedding preparations. But curiously, she was never introduced to William and Kate, despite the prince and princess repeatedly asking to meet her. It was all very bizarre, said one source. Megan seemed to want to put a separation between them. In truth, there had been a degree of frizzing almost as soon as Megan officially arrived on the royal scene in 2016 to a lukewarm reception from formal William and Kate who as well as finding her a little full on had no idea she would be a keeper having met a succession of Harry's girlfriends. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is Kate so protective of Harry? I want to ask. That that will always, because I t- truly believe that is one of their big things they're angry about and were shocked by was that Harry actually told Megan. I really don't think they thought Harry would, you know, go outside the family and tell someone they still thought of as an outsider. It was a very big shock to them how loyal he was to Megan. Yeah, and that is where I've got to give that man some credit. I, yeah. I got to give him a little bit of credit there. He's a wife guy. He was a wife guy from like day one of meeting Megan. Yeah, like he he was ready. And it's so funny that they just kept, and I think it says again, a lot about the classism and the racism that was so predominant with how they thought about Megan. It was like, oh, no way he can take her seriously. She's just like this hot little light skin thing, jungle fever. He'll get it out of his system and he'll move on. I mean, at one point it was like the thing was how someone called her like his showgirl, which Mm. I've always thought it sounded like such a Philip thing to say (laughs) something like that because we all know his history. (laughs) So yeah, they were never really totally taking her seriously. And last but not least, on this something that's mentioned in one of the two articles is that megan complained about the middletons being able to pretty much cash in on the royal connections like using a particular um like hanger at an airport that's super yeah. private things and like that's that. another that's another thing that links to doria too i found that passage very yes. interesting um i have it here uh wrongly convinced that kate's family had free use of it was the windsor suite which is a vip lounge at heathrow um it usually costs around five thousand pounds to access it but megan insisted doria be able to use it when traveling to the uk allegedly citing the risk to her safety which fair because she was called almost straight out of compton by the okay, he called her a welfare queen at one point a sun article that there are still people who get in my comments and say she's a drug dealer i'm like that's yes. just a lie. Um, yeah, it's horrendous. So, um, but uh, the the 
Dominie's writing that Megan insisted on this, connecting it to the fact that she thought the Meg- the Middletons were able to use the suite, which, okay. Um, but she mm-hmm. writes, quote, In fact, no one can recall the Middletons using the Windsor suite, although William and Kate do use it whenever they travel through the airport. Doria was spotted there en route to Windsor for Harry and Meghan's wedding. And, okay, no one can recall the Middletons using the Windsor suite. Is that maybe because their son-in-law is flying them private places? Is it maybe because they live in the UK? (laughs) Like, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the funny thing about this is the Telegraph in 2010 was one of the many magazines who were reporting about party pieces exploiting the engagement Mm -hmm. because they announced their engagement and literally less than like 24 hours later party pieces had posted had wiped all of their christmas stuff or no 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 that was that was something separate i'll get to (laughs) a new blog post up on their party pieces website that was said every little every little girl dreams of being a princess and there's nothing a princess likes more than throwing a party Right. Okay. So that was a whole thing. And then in 2012, when William and Kate announced that Kate was pregnant, they wiped everything off their website and put it popped up a bunch of baby shower and children's parties things. Yeah. Which is crazy because that pregnancy was announced too like earlier than than Will and Kate would have wanted it to, because that was when she had to stay in hospital. Um, yes, and people criticize that too, because they're like, that's a lot of pressure to put someone on because she's still not in like the the, like yeah, when it's like kind yeah. of usually you would tell people because you yeah. can be more sure that nothing will happen. So it's again, it's funny, 13 years later and how we're just rewriting we're history. That up. We are rewriting yeah. history. <laughs> yeah. And there's so there's been just so much going on with this. And one of the really big things that I've noticed that have stuck out is talking about, well, if some if if there's a mixed race couple family members are going to be excited they might ask questions out of curiosity what the color is that is the defense and it's completely ignoring what harry and megan and harry has said even more than megan has said about what has happened they made it very clear that people were showing concerns Mm. and i do understand there is confusion because i guess this is why an example of why you don't let white men speak for you but during harry's (laughs) press tour he, Can we okay. put that on a mug? Don't let white men speak for you. <laughs> Please. Okay. <laughs> he, he talks about this a bit and he says, oh, I did not. Sorry. I'm going to have to pull out my phone. I didn't put the full one. No, that's okay. Where? So I'm pretty sure this is an interview for CNN. He also talked to ITV, Tom Brady, and he also, um, Broadby, and he also had these conversations. Tom Brady. <laughs> I know. I was like, no, you don't go here. <laughs> but he says, but I think that you speak to the majority, maybe not all, but the majority of mixed race couples around the world that the white side of the family would wonder whether talking openly about it amongst themselves, what their kids are going to look like. He said, the key mm-hmm. word here was concern as right. opposed to curiosity. He said, but but the way that the British press, what they turned it into was not what it, not what it was. 
And I want to give I want to give props to Prince Harry there and his team who we've talked we talked in the past when he was yes. doing his spare press tour about how he clearly got media training and mm. they did not give us any new information at that time about the conversations that were had. He could have if it was over text he could have shown us the texts if it was like a conversation he could he could have worded it in a way that gave us a little more insight into what exactly was said but instead what he referred back to was the interview itself where that information first came exactly. out and he just referred to the word concern as opposed to curiosity so exactly. i think that's yet more evidence that the sussexes do not want this to be a cop- topic of conversation that haunts them forever they said what they said <laughs> and like they are comfortable leaving it there and when that was said, I always think Megan was probably at her pink anger. The way mm-hmm. she was just looking at Oprah, looking the camera in the eye and the way she was talking, you can tell fury was the yeah. main emotion. Yeah. And maybe she let it slip and they couldn't take it back because they knew that wasn't going to get cut out. Yeah. But I also understand because, I mean, I've had friends with, I've had a lot of conversations with my Black friends about this and some agree and some don't um, d- agree actually m markles from ig m m r k l e s isn't a wonderful follow and she's if you want to see a different point of view on this because i understand why they didn't name them she thinks they should have named them and she has a great Mm. point of view on why but personally Mm. i see why because like we've said it's worse to be called a racist than be a racist i think Mm. they knew very well if they named them and especially if the names are accurate charles and kate calling a white woman racist like that is the scariest thing the world you can do yeah it is genuinely terrifying okay and i can't imagine like that's terrifying among your peers i can't imagine when it's the whole world Mm -hmm. okay the whole world is going to come at you it's Mm -hmm. also why i think megan went out of her way to say she was a nice person after she corrected the kate cry story which just started the avalanche of racism her is she knew that so easily this could be turned against her being mean and bad to poor little victim Kate. And you have to be very careful about that. So I just right. understand why they did it. Cause it would have been an absolute shit show and it would have haunted them forever unless they had literal text messages. Because a lot of times you don't have that type of evidence for the racism you're experiencing in the workplace because you don't, you're not always recording your conversations. So personally I get it. Although at the same time it does cause a lot of gray area in this mm, because mm-hmm. it's like was Kate and Charles the only one who expressed concern or were they the only one who were so explicit and being like so like what is it gonna look like what's the skin color gonna be like were they the one who voiced it but you know the four other people in the room which may have included other royals were also thinking at thinking it and right Right. So there is a lot of gray area here that I do think can be an issue but what we do know and like you said with Harry and his really good media trading like he only referred to the Oprah interview and he made it very clear it was out of concern. It was not yes. out of curiosity. And that's why they were upset. Along with it happening in tangent with conversations about if Archie would get security and if he would even get the Prince title, which he was legally owed, which we all saw when Charles became freaking king, he was right. legally owed that. Because I remember people trying to argue with me and you about that. You go mm-hmm. like, oh, it's clear as day, you guys. Like, you just can't get around that. Right. So... That is what people are confused about because in that too, Harry didn't call it racism. He called it unconscious bias. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. what this white man did not realize is what he was explaining was literal racism. Because he was saying, he's like, I think it becomes racism when people aren't willing to To do the work. To do the work. And it's like, your family hasn't done the work. Yeah. Right. And this is the thing that I have to say all the time when people are arguing with me and like, well, Harry didn't call it racist. Why are you calling it racist? Because unconscious bias 
is a symptom of racism and it cannot exist where racism has already not been like so well integrated into the culture that it becomes unconscious. Like that's the through line there. And I do think that's That's where Harry's, Harry's media training failed him a little bit because I get, I get walking it back to unconscious bias. And again, this is a conversation we've already had. I get walking it back. If you're trying to just get more white people to listen to you and like yes, not get turned true. off by the word racist. Yeah. And, and that's a big one. Um, but for the overall conversation, it did, it just made it a little bit harder to like truly recognize the stakes here and why this is so important to talk exactly. about. It did. It did hurt him in the end and it did hurt Megan in the end, which I, yeah. I find very frustrating about it all. But again, there's so much that has to go into this and going against an institution as powerful as the monarchy, even if they are losing steam, they're still very, very, they're very, very powerful. It's a scary thing to call something like that racist, let alone mm-hmm. the great white way that is Kate Middleton. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's understandable. So if you were confused about that, just letting people know, Megan and Harry made it clear it was out of concern. And that is also why she wrote Charles that letter that mm-hmm. I think he leaked because Megan did go on record when that came out to say, this did not come from me. I'm living in California. I'm chilling. Right. I don't want to think about this and I don't want to hash this out publicly anymore. Right. So there we go. Yeah. And I mean, to really like kind of, I don't know, my final thoughts on Kate is who knew she was such a replicate of the queen mother. <sighs> Who knew she was going to carry on the racism to the quiet racist white woman? But let's see if history will erase it like it did for the Queen Mother. Because people are still so shook when I call her racist. And I'm like, you guys, yeah, that was her personality. Okay. Yeah. And with Kate, it's it's all the more insidious because uh, at this point... Like well yeah she's dressing like the queen mother and but we're praising her to go back to our bananas article we're praising kate for quote unquote never putting a foot wrong and standing firm in her not only her personal values but her support of the royal family when megan coming in and criticizing racism and transphobia and all of these things that's supposed to be the issue that's supposed to be what caused problems not Mm -hmm. everyone else accepting them so like we're edging up against saying it out loud right that kate has these old world values in the same way that the queen mother did you know when you talk about the queen mother a lot of times people will just say well it was a different time you know we weren't we weren't concerned with all this woke shit and that's not me saying that that's you know oh yeah a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Defense. Yeah. <laughs> but like exactly. we're so That's close to sense. just saying that about Kate, where well, her social circle is, you oh, know, yes. not is not concerned with this woke shit and she thinks it's ridiculous and above it all. She's above it all. But like that's 
that's it's a different time for 2023. You know what I mean? It's a different yeah. world in her social in her social circles. We're, and there's we're a close reason to why saying that. This last engagement, we saw you know her greeting a little dark skinned black boy. He's the one who yeah. gave her the flowers. It's why the CEO was not only her tour guide for the event, but why we saw her in the photos. Because mm-hmm. I, you can literally look at photos of Kate going there. I think in 2018, and then she had like um. I think it was a visit there that was for the National Portrait Museum or something in 2020. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the photos, you don't see the CEO in most of them, just in the entrance. Even though the CEO yeah. is there in each stop, she's cut out mm-hmm. of the photos, so it's just her with the kids. But in the photos for this last visit, the black CEO is in every single photograph. <laughs> yeah. And the photo released of her with only nurses of color. Only nurses Correct. of color. <laughs> I think it's, it, we can, it, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think that, um, I forget her name. Um, the CEO of the Evelina hospital um, surgery totally, unit. She's like, she just got the role, I think in May congrats to her. Yeah. Um, but I think including her in the pictures, you know, of course she's going to be there. Of course she's going to be posing for pictures with Kate, but it's the releasing of them. And even the staged photographs in general, which is something that Charles monarchy is really heavily leaning into. They take these yes. group pictures now at every Royal event where we didn't yeah. used to get that. And it's fascinating on like Very. a PR level, but I think that's what's going yeah. on here is, is we're taking advantage of these moments to outwardly document um, who the Royals are surrounding themselves with, exactly. which hasn't happened think, in the past. I think too, it's let's make it seem a little less like secretive, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we, it, like there's this stuff, you guys are too secretive. So, Hey, I'll let them more into our visits. I'll let them more into the state banquets or that was at a, the diplomatic dinners. That mm-hmm. was last night, you guys. And not only did we get a group photo, that's the first one since 2016. And I think mm-hmm. during Queen Elizabeth the second reign, there was maybe like three official photos for those diplomatic dinners. <sighs> and we got like a bunch of HD or HQ photos, mostly of Kate, of course, which I don't blame them. She's a star <laughs> But like, yeah, they're letting us in and there's a reason for that. And it started right, it started before the Queen's funeral. Remember they took that photo of Camilla, yes. oh Charles, <laughs> uh, William and Kate and they're grinning no, ear to ear. So they're awkward. smiling for Chris Jackson, I believe it was, from Getty. Oh, um, yeah, and he got the one last night too. And it's like the United Front messaging and it's... <laughs> It's so funny to me. Sometimes they're not even good pictures. I'm thinking about, oh, it's snowing out my window. That's nice. Um, I'm thinking about when, oh, um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was Charles quote unquote second coronation in Scotland. They, they took a picture of the four of them and everyone else is in there in their robes and Kate's in her bright blue coat dress, but like they're in the doorway. The lighting is terrible. They're facing the wrong direction. So, but it's become such a, I'm sorry, this is such a tangent. It's become such a priority to take these United front photos, these group pictures. They look like uh, a family at Thanksgiving, you know, standing there all in a row looking kind of awkward, but letting you guys in more. And like you said, United front, you know, Mm -hmm. we have all this, like we're, dysfunctional family we're at each other's throats yeah you guys keep hugging each other and smiling except it's just stand together with your like hands clasped in front <laughs> yeah. no one touch just smile and i and- wonder if that's a charles thing or if it's like kate's team like will and kate's team suddenly having a seat at the table to be able to talk about these things because it yes. is interesting that it happens on will and kate's visits now as well yes always has happens on their visits too because people their their fans love that Mm -hmm. their fans do love that so it is smart in that case 
very smart. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny. They'll do these photos together, but it's like William wouldn't invite his dad to like even be there for the first London Earth shot or, you know, Charles doing the something with the big five for his coronation is for his birthday. But somehow William is, isn't there, even though yesterday he did something with the big five issue. Like it's genuinely, you can really see how like the dysfunction is happening with how they mm-hmm. do not even just once every other month come together when their interest, their interests are crossing. And there's a lot of that actually, but you wouldn't know because it's very Clarence Kensington palace yeah. and then national events will come together. And this one for the Patreon guys, I got to give her Patreon a shout out, especially because it allows <laughs> us to do so much of what we do with the editing and so on. But we're going to be covering William and Kate in their dating years with the crown coming up. And in this, I've been, Shout out to Meredith because she's been letting me use her account for the British newspaper. And it is so much fun to do research on there. And I found this article from 2006. And I may read something other than this because it is all the reasons why you hate and love early 2000s journalism, (laughs) especially when talking about females. But the part about Kate, I find very eerie to where we are today in 2023. All right. So it says... Kate stood out for how she blended in. This is talking about a wedding that she intended, and I will put up the photo of the wedding they're talking about. Blended in. Her buttermilk knee-length brocade coat, the feathers in her hair, and the conservative kitten heels were chic and sophisticated, older than her years, and beyond reproach. There was nothing fun... There was nothing fun about her outfit. Nothing that made her stunning, but she looked right. Comparisons with Diana suggest that Kate Middleton should wish to model herself on her boyfriend's late mother. William's late mother, however, might have looked good, but she was also, for the most part, deeply unhappy. Middleton, perhaps, has found the middle ground, and while it might it might never be an arrestingly attractive place, it might well prove happy. And well, I wonder if she's happy. <laughs> I wonder. It's just like a little chills there. And then this one cracks me up. So it says... Um, <laughs> this is i'm kind of being mean for even reading this out loud and this is because zara and her husband are unconscious biased people mm. quotation marks it says zara remains a winster remains a winster and that no matter how promising the adolescent seems those teeth have a way of asserting themselves in the 20s <gasps> no they didn't they wrote that down. They actually wrote that down. And then this might be my favorite. And I feel like we're allowed to laugh at this. It says, um, the young Windsors grew up aware that they were aesthetic role models other than their immediate, other than their immediate why the long face family. <laughs> oh my God. So just to say that episode is going to be very interesting and a lot of fun because just those few <sighs> articles I've been through, I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, we're we're back in 2007, guys. Just disgusting all around. I can't think of it any just, any royal coverage from the 2000s that was good. You know what I mean? So, and when you see the run-up to when they're going to get engaged is immediately when you begin to see the run-up of using Kate against Mm. everybody else kate Mm. is what we need because she's not these frivolous paris heltons with their panties out you know totally just stepping across the fact that the paparazzi were also trying to put her their camera up her skirt but anyways it's it's really interesting seeing how the narrative and how quickly it changes and how they dip in and out of the classism but then loving her because she's not aristocrat but then showing her classism in other articles right it's gonna be a doozy guys if you want to join us (laughs) 
I'm just, I'm just thinking about all of Kate's wedding guest outfits now because I can't think of a single one of those that was age appropriate for her. They're, they're <laughs> correct in that assessment. And, and exactly like knowing how to stand out but while blending in, and that yeah. is something Kate is great out until you know Charles came on the throne and she was like, actually, I can stand out because no one likes you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, what a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time. We it was it was a lot, I will say that. It yeah. was a lot. But another big one coming out of this is titles. Yeah, we're we're back. We're so we're back. back <laughs> Strip them of their titles. Strip. Okay. So yeah. So this is returning to the end game conversation. And it's I hate this topic because it's just so I hate getting into it. It brings out the worst in people. But there have been renewed calls to quote unquote, strip Harry and Meghan of their titles, which I forget who it was. Um, It might have been the Duchess. Hang on, let me find who it was. So I can give them a shout out. Somebody pointed out in my post about this, that the language we use to talk oh. about depriving Harry and Megan. It was Megan Calf, Calf yeah. um, on, Amazing on Instagram. On Amazing follow. It's mostly fashion, but she does both Kate and Megan, which love. And it's great. Yeah. I'm going to read, I'm just going to read her comment, which is great. She said, this conversation has so many layers of problematic, but one thing that has always bothered me is the use of the word stripped by those who think that the Sussex titles should be taken away. It has a real connotation of violence towards them, particularly Megan, which is definitely a conscious choice. And I agree 100% with that. Yes. Especially after what's his name in the, the, you know, stripper and walker through right. the halls so, so they can whatever. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's violent. It's disgusting. Um, but this is a new renewed topic of conversation in the wake of Endgame, which once again, I want to point out that Harry and Meghan have done nothing. They did not contribute to this book. They have not put out any statements, not even saying that they declined to comment. Um, that does not stop royalists from blaming them. It does not stop, in this case, a member of parliament from blaming them and and thinking that they're the issue that needs to be tended to here. Um, so hmm. this this new effort to remove Harry and Meghan's titles comes from a conservative member of parliament, Bob Seeley, who is from the Isle of Wight. Um, he wrote in a column this past week, quote, the Duke and Duchess can be Mr. and Mrs. like the rest of us. And he promised hmm. to introduce a bill, he said, in the next couple of weeks um, that would follow through and and seek to like give Parliament an avenue to remove their titles. So as a refresher, um, when we talk about royal titles, which can and cannot be removed, um, Prince Harry was born a prince, so that can never be taken away from him. What we're talking yeah. about is his duke title specifically, but he's also um, a baron. He's also, I think, a lord. Wait, let me find it. When he got Remember, married, yeah. um, the the titles. Yeah, the queen gave him the dukedom of Sussex, the earldom of Dumbarton, which is in Scotland, and the barony of Kilkeel in Ireland. So those are his three titles. Um, so those are what are called peerage titles. Um, the peerage titles, they're not really something that you can just renounce. There have been calls for Harry and Meghan to renounce their titles and stop using them. Um, but that's not how it works. <laughs> so nope. titles are a legal designation that requires literal legislation to give out. Yeah. And it also requires legislation to take them away. Um, the peerage, it's not just titles that are given to royals it's all of british nobility so think okay. um you can think of the ranks right dukes marquises 
earls, viscounts, and barons. I think those are the five ranks currently. Okay. So those are the titles that can be passed down through a family, like your father to son, or they're granted by the monarch. And in the royal family, they get granted to princes when they get married. That's the tradition. So like when Prince Andrew got married, he became Duke of York, um, Edward becoming Earl of Wessex because the dukedom of um, Edinburgh was allegedly being saved for him. <laughs> so that's the title we're talking about here. And Bob Seeley, this this conservative MP, he calls removing their titles the nuclear option that the palace should um the the privy council specifically the the councillors that charles has who are political figures and parliament he says that they should consider the nuclear option here because if someone doesn't want to be a royal that's a decision we respect but they should not keep the titles and privileges if they trash an institution that plays an important part in our nation's life Gosh, um, it's such a dangerous, dangerous commentary and sentiment yeah. to keep pushing. If you yeah. openly talk about racism, you this is what's going to happen to you. We're going to right. take it from you. We're going. You're going to be punished. I mean, right. you have. They're not going to be invited to the Duke of Westminster's wedding. No, I'm not and even then, touching that. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll say that for a TikTok. Uh, <laughs> okay, but and then now it's like we're going to take their titles. Like it's sending just such well, an and gross message. Even more dangerous, he goes on in his column. He says, sources close to the Sussexes have stressed that Harry and Meghan are not behind claims in Omid Scobie's book, but I suspect that few people believe such denials. Just openly accepting and perpetuating straight up conspiracy theories and lies, you know, saying I don't believe them. They are lying, basically. This is another kind of dog whistle here. Um, so he's yes. appealing to this royalist base, and specifically the capital yes. R royalist who really hate Meghan and Harry. Um, so that that idea that they're trashing the monarchy when all they're really doing, or all they have done in the past, they're not doing anything right now. But no. all they've done is sought a resolution to this this treatment that they've endured. Um, so setting all of that aside, the the, the deluded reasons for wanting their titles to be removed there are so many reasons why that is not going to work and we can get into that (laughs) please because i'm personally thinking like won't this open the andrew box yes absolutely so prince andrew is like the first thing that comes to mind because prince andrew uh, we we would be setting a precedent right if we do allow these titles to be removed exactly Um, So calls for Prince Andrew, who, again, he became Duke of York when he got married, um, to lose his own peerage titles. Remember, he wouldn't lose his prince title. It would just be his dukedom. Um, Those have been growing since the Queen stripped him of his honorary military titles and his patronages in January 2022, um, after a U.S. judge ruled that a civil lawsuit over his um, sex abuse scandal could proceed to trial. So in the Mm -hmm. wake of that... Uh, Andrew already lost his honorary military titles. The same thing that happened to Harry when he stepped back from being a working royal, which you know we have thoughts on the yes. punishment being the same here <laughs> yes. um, for two very different alleged quote-unquote crimes. <laughs> um, but so the the pressure to remove his military titles, though, in the case of Andrew, came from a letter signed by over 150 veterans in the UK urging the Queen That's to remove huge. those. Yeah, that was yeah, huge. that was huge. Um, and the city of York is the one kind of pushing that he lose his dukedom there. Uh, it's actually a city council member in York that has launched a campaign to take um, Andrew's peerage title away. Now, yeah. <laughs> now, punishing Harry and taking his peerage title away 
Yeah, it would set this dangerous precedent, I think, for Andrew. Mm-hmm. It would have um, to. There's people who genuinely want Andrew's gone for good reason. Maybe, yeah. It was like the Patreon thing. She, Patreons were dropping him, and then she finally had to jump on board. Yeah. Just couldn't ignore it anymore. Right. People were like, I don't want to be affiliated with him. He's not being affiliated with my charity for good reason. Like, mm, right. he just paid off someone who claims that he did horrible things to her. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And I want to bring in one more example before I tell you this, this MP's plan for removing the title, because he does have a plan. Um, But before we get to that, I do want to also note the the comparison to Edward VIII, which is also kind of getting discussed here, because he, you know, gave up the crown. He abdicated the throne after he abdicated and left the United Kingdom. He got a title. They gave him the Duke of Windsor title after his abdication. <laughs> so was, I forgot about that. He was given that title so that he could enjoy, you know, his his same level of status um, into his later years. Despite the fact they knew he was a Nazi, they right? Knew I was gonna just gonna Nazi say sympathizer. Despite yeah. the fact that he went on to to take pictures with Hitler and like very much admired the Nazi regime, he did a whole sponsored trip to Germany to meet the Hitler party and the Nazi party, like influencer, but make it a Nazi, like. And okay. even though he also had this quote unquote unsuitable marriage and was bringing all this shame too. onto the royal family, the royal family recognized that these titles have nothing to do with that. The conversation mm-hmm. around who gets a title has nothing to do with deserving it or earning it. That is the whole point of the monarchy. I'm mm-hmm. an American, That's right? Slope. Yeah. And the fact that I have to remind people that a, a, mon- a monarchy is not a meritocracy, you, there's nothing you can do to quote unquote, earn one of these titles anymore. They used to be given out to people who like won military battles and things like that, but that's not how they work anymore. They are purely a status symbol, purely used to hold up this archaic um, social system. The idea of removing them because someone doesn't quote unquote deserve them it's a thread that the monarchy Such cannot, <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> they cannot yeah. afford like, to pull on that thread. They just can't. Ew. Like, cause what are we measuring deserve by now? Like you're getting in so many prickly questions there that they know in a modern society, people are going to be like, yeah. it's nothing you guys have done. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the idea that, that, you know, you can boil that idea down. Cause it's, if Harry and Meghan, okay, they're not trashing the institution, but they're also not, I don't know. What else could you say? They're not pulling their weight. They're not representing the monarchy anymore. Yes. That is another thing that people say. They they don't work for their titles, so they shouldn't have them. That's also not how the system works. There are so many people who do not work for the royal family that have titles. Um, yeah, there's cousins, nephews, nieces, like people who aren't on. related at all. Yeah. Exactly. So here's the here's the mechanism by which this MP wants to remove Harry and Meghan's titles, because remember. Removing a peerage title can only be done by, um, I have the quote here, by statute passed by both the House of Commons and the House of Lords and receiving royal assent, which means that the monarch has to then agree to it. Um, so the Bob Seeley's plan to strip, quote unquote, Harry and Meghan's titles would be based on, are you ready, a law from World War I Ooh. called the, the Titles Deprivation Act of 1917. I know this one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah, so this is a wartime powers act, which was meant to target German princes, mostly German princes, who possessed possessed British royal titles. 
Um, yep. So around the same time that King George V is changing the family's name from Saxe-Coburg and Gotha to Windsor, he's also looking over at some of his relatives in Germany. And this stems from Queen Victoria and the Kingdom of Hanover not being able to pass to her. Instead, it passed to one of her uncles. So there are two lines now of like British yes. royals. One branch has the German titles. One is just the British. And like Albert too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all related. Yes, yeah, literally a lot of German, <laughs> a lot of German blood and ties in there. <laughs> so people um, who were specifically targeted by this act were, there were only about like seven, I think, people um, affected by it. But one of them was Charles Edward, Duke of Saxe, Coburg and Gotha, and Ernest Augustus, yep. who was formerly the Crown Prince of Hanover. Um, they were also British princes and dukes, even though they were officers in the German army. Um, yes. And fun so, fact about Charles, he became a Nazi. Yeah, that's why I know about this. He became a Nazi. It's all coming full circle. With Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Yep, he Mm -hmm, used to visit mm -hmm. her in her garden while he was a Nazi for Hitler. Uh, Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Yes. So you can see why George V may have looked at this and been like, okay, yeah, that's not great. Um, Yes. The effort to remove their titles began in 1914 with a parliament uh, parliamentary figure who was actually an Irish nationalist, which I find interesting. but the original act, um, let me find this here. So the the people in question, the the British, the Dukes of Albany and Cumberland, who had these German titles, they were condemned as traitors in 1914. Um, and at that point, members of parliament started to demand that steps be taken to, quote, secure that they shall no longer retain UK peerages. The yeah. law didn't get passed until three years later. Um, in 1917. And it's said that George V was reluctant to make removing their titles into a political spectacle. Um, He did did take... No, he did take them out of um, the Order of the Garter in 1915. That was the first strike. Yep. Yep. Right when the war began. Yeah. To really try to be like, there's anti-Germany sentiment. We're getting in trouble because our German... Family members keep coming into mm-hmm. Buckingham Palace while we're literally fighting a war with them. Let me take away something from them. So order of yeah. <laughs> and it said it took a while to get him to like come on board with the idea of the actual act of parliament. Because remember, the British monarch has to give royal assent to anything that passes through parliament. Um, so, you know, this is kind of a rubber stamping mechanism today. It's very mm-hmm. rare that the monarch is going to refuse royal assent on a bill or a law. Um But more often, you're trying to resolve that before it even becomes an issue, right? You're trying to make sure that things you're passing through Parliament have no question of being approved, right? So that it it never becomes like a sticky situation for the monarch to find themselves in. Um, The last time... Right. The last time it it may have become an issue was during Brexit. There were rumors that the Queen was considering, you know, not giving royal assent to certain things passing through Parliament, but it never Mm. came to that. Um, So (laughs) that's the context here. Um, Lizzie knows better. She does. Um, So Bob Seeley, he would, in order to make this work in 2023, he's looking to amend the Titles Deprivation Act of 1917 and remove references to a, quote, present war, because there is no war happening. This is just two people you don't like. There's no alliance to be drawn right now. Isn't that crazy? Like, we're, we're likening Harry and Meghan to a literal foreign power that you're fighting a war against. Exactly. Someone who sh- gave their alliance to Germany 
in that and then went on to give their alliance to Hitler. Like mm-hmm. that is what you're trying to compare them to. And those people got more love and acceptance from the family than you're seeing Megan and Harry get. And they were literal fucking Nazis. Like yeah. Charles Edward was scum. And the funny thing is a lot of this led him into the arms of, of um, Hitler, because of course a white man who seems times changing and has had these titles stripped from him was sad and mm-hmm. angry at the world. So he met someone who was an extremist and was like, yeah, yeah, like this sounds great. Let's just, mm-hmm. you know, hurt Jewish people and anyone who's non-Aryan. And Ugh. he jumped on board and the royal family literally opened him back with open arms after World War One, and when they were trying to pacify Hitler. So it just really brings up a very ugly history. I almost hope that this conversation gets started again so people can once again see what Meghan and Harry are being compared to, which is yeah. just absolutely asinine and once again shows why I will like, why they didn't name them why it's so scary to say these things this is what happens you get relentlessly punished and while i'm not crying over anyone losing their title i really don't give a damn i do care though that this is this in their eyes is like the punishment of all punishments and the fact that they would get it because they called out the racism and the mistreatment is setting a very very bad message like yes 2020 meant nothing. The Black Lives Matter rise meant nothing. George Floyd dying meant being murdered meant mm-hmm. nothing. If this is still what it comes to, if someone exposes racism. <sighs> yeah. You know? you're, ma- you're making too much sense here, Alex. They're never going to listen to this. <laughs> I, they're just going to go this in my off. inbox and yell at me, okay? And be like, how yeah. dare you say that? Yes. He wore a Nazi uniform. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, he's the real guy. Yeah. Anyway. I will always say it's funny that the Nazi uniform didn't become an issue until he got with the black woman. Because I'm like, y'all love Terry, despite that Nazi uniform, until he got with the black woman. And now it's like, oh, that's that's bad. Isn't that? That's not this like yeah. poor Harry. So yeah. It's yeah. been a fun week. <laughs> yeah. So just to wrap up with the titles too, um, there there's some interesting reporting about this. Um, most of the the conservative royalist media is kind of like joking about Harry and Meghan's titles maybe being taken away. They're they're writing these sensational headlines like Harry and Meghan could lose their titles this week or something like that. Yeah. Which again, not how this is going to work. But the Daily Mail who they love King Charles over there at the Daily Mail. They were one one of the places where I saw some pushback to this, um, where palace sources briefed the Daily Mail that Charles will never agree to this plan. He will never strip Harry and Meghan of their titles, despite the, quote, continuing heartache that they're causing. Royal, (laughs) Royal sources are saying that this is something he refuses to even contemplate. One insider who says the king well or knows the king well says he is not a punitive man and would never want to humiliate his son and daughter-in-law in in that way. Um, But removing the titles is just not. They're stressing it's not something that Charles will ever give royal assent to. So that'll be interesting if it ever escalates to that point where it's a law that gets to his desk in his red box. I think he's going to say no. Yeah, and it's his own fault too. Like he's smart on this because again, this is going to set a precedent that's going to be bad mm-hmm. because Andrew will be next. And Lord knows Andrew knows where the bodies are buried and he will talk if anyone dares to take anything from him. You know, and then again, conversation about who deserves a royal title. What is deserving mean? Like there's so many conversations that would come from this that the royal family would not want to deal with. <clears throat> 
And again, it would, I know it would break Harry's heart and I could see angry Harry coming out again where he's doing nuclear option after nuclear. Like he's going to start naming names. Okay. Yeah. Actually, people will get names. <laughs> this yeah. happens. Like I could see him going off. Yeah. And I, I mean, especially since like Harry and Meghan in the documentary, people forget this. They mention they offered to give up their titles and yes. it was not something that was thought necessary. And it's it's something that it sounds like the Queen and Charles said, no, that's not, we're not going to do that. Like, the Queen would never want that. She would right. never. She is such a traditionalist. She like, and it's not even, we would agree on the reasons why they shouldn't get taken from him, but she would find it ridiculous that a boy who was born with royal blood is not, does not have his dukedom that she gave him of all things. Like she takes it very seriously. She is all up in classism's ass. Okay. Like these titles mean everything to her and they mean, and people forget too. Harry during his book tour for spare said he's a monarchist. Another Mm -hmm. disappointing statement that he said, but it's just a fact. Like, He's a monarchist. He believes in these title and he still believes that the royal family can do good. This was said in Oprah too by Meghan and Harry, by Meghan too. They're more of a, if they can fix the system, they can do great things rather than there's no point in this, which is say like where I am. Yeah, which is, they're not attacking the institution. People refuse to listen to their words. They... They are attacking the media who causes problems for the institution. And I think they're attacking it in some way, the you know, the men in gray, the firm, yes. the the bureaucracy oh, that has on, arisen. Yeah. yeah, within Which it. Which is why I think the British press gets a little pissed because and this happened after the interview when they were like, Your family's the one who told us all this stuff. I yeah. mean, the Daily Mail, or maybe not the Daily Mail, I forget if it's the mirror of the sun that he's going up with the case right now. But they have said more than once, um, we didn't hack you we got this information from your family, which I think Mm -hmm. is partially true. I don't think it's totally true, Mm -hmm. but it's like, yeah, your family gives us this information. So you're not going to blame us all for this. They are a Mm -hmm. part of this. And I think that's where they get frustrated with Harry, but Mm -hmm. I really don't care about that because who cares about them, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, it's, it's a slippery slope for everyone all around. And I do genuinely believe that that Charles misses Harry. Like, Unfortunately, there was favorites, and it's pretty obvious that Harry was Charles' favorite son, and I think he misses mm-hmm. his buddy. I think he misses writing long letters to him and having that type of relationship, and it does make me a little sad for them, even if Charles is a horrible father. Yeah, it, it's tough, because another part of Endgame talks about Charles' pride and how he'll never be the one to make the first move, but like the ball truly is in his court. Harry, I think, feels like he's set his piece. He's taken yeah. the steps that he needs to take in order to open himself up for reconciliation. But at some point, you got to meet in the middle. You know? Exactly. Like, I can only do so much, especially when you guys royally screwed me over. Right. Right. Like, I mean, there's a whole case we can't get into going on right now with the security. And mm-hmm. it's another example of, wow, they, they like really screwed them over. They really really messed with their safety all to say fuck you for leaving which is quite scary to think about because yeah any death threats that they get yeah just all these tactics that they tried out that ended up backfiring spectacularly spectacular like karma really just like it's it came in hot and it's sad that they'll never fully they don't understand yeah of the punishment (laughs) that they deserve for doing what they did or yeah fully understanding it's so obvious through all of this briefing that they don't understand why this is a big deal 
They do not. And I think one, two, back to Kate is something that people need to, we all, like, it's hard for me sometimes to just be like, damn, it, this is what's, where, this is where we are. It's that Kate's demographic, the one that she wants to talk to and the one that I think she connects to the most is the type of de- demographic where even if they don't like Trump and voted for him in particular, they would never, ever dare speak out against him at a party with other men around. Right. Trad wives, they stay quiet. They don't speak. They don't give yeah. a loud opinion. And if they do, maybe it's one-on-one with her husband when he allows it. Hmm. That's the type of woman he speaks, that she speaks to. And yeah. that's why she didn't get along with Megan. <laughs> okay. And she asked to borrow her lip gloss. <laughs> so, <Right>. you know. <laughs> Point points. <laughs> oh my goodness! But we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It, it, you know, check out our TikTok, Lady Audacity, and definitely check out Amanda's TikTok. Matter of fact, where she has been covering all of this, including the Sophia dress moment that was really weird, including the diplomatic reception where Kate wore an exact identical look to her Jordanian royal wedding. Crazy. With- always funny when she does that <laughs> like, like it's like she's like you guys what are you talking about this isn't new this well, i don't know what you're talking about i'm not here this is the jordanian royal wedding <laughs> it's wild yeah. if it's if it's been With a closet as deep as hers is why are we pulling things from six months ago when we have 10 years There's and so i know many- kate still fits into the old clothes i know she does okay, please like give us the dresses that we never got hq photos of right because like Elizabeth was like stubborn and would not let us inside of those like receptions. Okay. Why unless, not wear one of those? Unless we're not supposed to be like, like unless f- pictures of Kate are not supposed to be getting as much real estate. And it's like almost what princess Diana did with her gym outfits, right? Where she would wear the same oh, thing. Very true. So that you couldn't like post multiple pictures of her over and over again, because it all looked that's the same. So Exactly. Oh, more credence, hard. more that credence to the theory hard. that, Kate is supposed to not be shining as bright these week, these yes, days. Yes, that there's sometimes I think in the big moments Charles is like, yeah, you do need to step back. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Anyway. And also that's <laughs> Mila wore that really ugly brooch that the Queen Mother owned on her jacket. And yeah. I saw, I think it's Miss Rosie Hart is her IG name. She's mm. awesome. She pointed out like those brooches can be something. And if you see them on Queen Mary on her mm-hmm. gown, they're beautiful. They don't work for a modern dress or they don't no. work for the type of dresses that Camila wears. Yeah. So it's like, get Kate in a corset and give it to her, if anything, because that's what you need for that type of brooch to wear. Give us a, a Vivian Westwood corset. dress. Exactly. Yeah. Perfection. It would be perfection. But I'll throw up these pictures, you guys. It literally just looks like someone just like threw some like sparkle on the front. I, I want to say diamond. It looks it like a Christmas ornament. Nah. It almost looks like a Christmas ornament that she just took the hook and put it in her dress. I'm like, what are we doing? It's It's also missing uh, another tangent. It's missing a tassel. (laughs) If you zoom in, there's these tassels hanging off of each side and it's missing one on the left side. She's a little too excited to have all hands on deck in the vault. And like, I I kind of get it, but also like, ma'am. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> so all of these things we get into on our TikToks and our Instagram stories. Yes. It is a good time. It's a really good time. Thank you guys for joining us and pinkies up. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.